my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. This is episode 319. The title of this episode is A Key Aspect to a Husband's Leadership is Awareness of Those Who Are Following Him. I want to talk about that in this podcast. It's something that came up at the marriage conference that Lucia and I did last week in Sarasota, Florida. We had a Q&A time. And one of the questions was, it was to her specifically, they were asking her about following and submission and humility and those type things. And Lucia gave a stellar answer. I thought it was really good. But she was really, she was speaking from the aspect of a woman who is willingly following and submitting and glad to do that as her husband is, is leading. And as I was thinking about her answer, I didn't I didn't correct it because it was a wonderful answer, but I wanted to add more to it from a husband's perspective because I realize that in this area of, of authority and leadership and submission that we botch this up a lot, and it's a common question and a concern that comes to our ministry often, many times with wives. I would say most of the time with wives because men... Many men do not lead well, or they don't know how to lead well. They don't want to lead well. Whatever the situation is, it just doesn't happen well. And so Lucia was answering the question about uh, submission to me specifically in the leadership context and to my authority. And again, it was a wonderful answer. But because it does get botched up, I know that there could be a man listening to that and and saying, yeah, that's what you should do. You should submit and you should follow. And there's no clarification. There's no footnote. There's no caveat. And so during that Q&A time, I inserted uh, this idea that I've titled the podcast after. And again, this is episode 319. Here's the idea. A key aspect to a husband's leadership is awareness of those who are following him. And so basically, the leader, in this case the husband in a marriage, is looking in two directions at the same time. He is looking toward leading and forging ahead and 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 taking his family and his marriage to places, you know, however God is leading him. But simultaneous to that, he is looking toward his wife, and he is caring for her, and he wants to do that well, and he wants to understand her. He doesn't just want to move her along in an inconsiderate way. And so in order to lead well, you have to look in both directions at the same time. And so in this podcast, episode 319, I want to talk about that in just a moment. This podcast is in two parts. I want to cover two topics. The first topic that I want to cover is just what happened in Sarasota at the marriage conference, just to give you a review, uh, to give you an idea of what a marriage conference is, because we have people who ask us to speak, and there are others who are considering having me come speak uh, to speak, and I want you to know part of, well, I want you to know how this one happened, and it, maybe it will give you clarity and and even motivation to have uh, us come, and we would love to do that. All you have to do is ask, and, and we would consider it and start talking through the process. And other people just want to know, like, what do you do uh, when you go on these, uh, when you do these conferences, what do you do? And so I just want to give you some background information that you would not know. Uh, a little bit about what went on on stage, but a lot about what went on 
uh, off stage outside the limelight just to give you more background information about uh, how we do ministry. Now, if you want to only hear uh, my thoughts about the husband looking in two directions at the same time, go to about the 16-minute mark in this podcast. Just scoot right ahead. Go on to about the 16-minute mark, and you can jump right in on the second part of the podcast, which is the title of this episode. But last week, uh, and it was April the 16th, uh, which was, I think, was a Thursday, whatever Thursday was, but we were there from Thursday to Sunday. And so our children dropped us off at the airport. We live about a mile and a half from the airport, which is really nice. They dropped us off at 8 o'clock in the morning. We hopped a plane, connected in Charlotte. We were in Sarasota at 1.30. And so the conference did not start till Friday night. And so we were there on Thursday afternoon, which was really great. Now, we had dinner Thursday night uh, with some of the folks that were leading the conference. And so that's always helpful to get there ahead of time so that you can talk to some of the people who are leading the event just to uh, try to capture their thoughts and you know what they hope will happen and, and anything that they have surrounding the event. Because again, you want to serve them well. And so if you're not rushed, that's really fantastic. And so we had dinner Thursday evening. But before dinner, it allowed Lucia and I time to just relax a little bit, get settled in with the family that was hosting us, but then for us also to pull away so that we can talk because we have expectations for the conference and we want to make sure that we're on the same page and that we're doing certain things, meeting with people, that we're conveying things because we want to be uh, well prepared and part of that preparation is us talking and so having that downtime, we went for a wonderful walk and had a, a great conversation conversation about several things and so that was important and then Thursday night we had dinner with some of the lead team and then our children two of our three children uh, two of them uh, that dropped us off at the airport uh, they drove down uh, they wanted to be at the conference, and we wanted them to be there because uh, we needed some video footage of some of our conferencing, and our son does uh, a lot of our video work, and, and so for him uh, being able to pull away and being willing uh, to do that, so he and one of our daughters came down, and that was a huge help, not just them shooting uh, various aspects of the conference for our own ministry purposes, but also they help because uh, I need... Uh, I need interference. I need people running interference for me because I get a lot of questions at these conferences, which I'm glad I love the questions. I really do. But there are so many of them, and if I could multiply myself, it makes it a lot easier to serve the people. And so that gives me a little more freedom if other people are answering questions as well. And so there were several people that asked our children questions about you know parenting, marriage, family, uh, growing up in this culture, etc. And they enjoy that. There's an aspect of that that they do enjoy and it allows them to participate. And as my daughter told me, she said, I like talking to adults and uh, they, they treat you you know like adults and they we're having adult conversations. Of course, she's 15. And so she enjoyed that aspect as well. And of course, we debrief about all those things when we pull, to get, pull aside as a family. But it's very helpful uh, 
uh, if Lucia's there or if our children there, uh, run interference to be able to take on many of the questions that I can't get to uh, because I'm so busy. There is a lot that goes on in these conferences, so I was very glad that our children uh, were there. There were a lot of comments that were made. Uh, well, I spoke six times, so it was twice on Friday night. It was twice on Saturday, and then it was twice on Sunday. Now Sunday, it was two. It was the same sermon. It was two different uh, meetings. They have two different services on Sunday morning, so I, I did the same thing twice. So it's five unique messages, even though I spoke. Uh, six times all together. And then there was one Q&A on Saturday. Uh, again, Lucia uh, took to the stage and, and we both fielded questions. Some were written in and then there were others that were spontaneously asked. And once they got going, I think we could have went another hour because there were a lot of questions. And so that was a really good time. Now that's typically my favorite part of the conferences that we do. And for any of you who want to have us come, I would just appeal to you to have Q&A time. I love the pneumatic aspect of it. There's no prep. You just get the questions. But it's not just the pneumatic aspect as you're leaning into the Lord uh, to help you to respond appropriately and accurately to whatever it is they're asking you. But there's another aspect, and that is that you get to hit the nail on the head, that you're you're not just creating a talk and and giving a talk. I mean, I did that, but but you're actually speaking to things that they want you to speak to, uh, very specific questions that they're asking you. And so I love the Q and A for uh, that perspective. Several of the comments uh, there was. Several people said it was just life-changing. Uh, one person said that um, he's never taken more, more notes in his entire life. He was, just, he was just going after it as far as notes. Another individual said that it was different from any other marriage conference that they've ever had. Now, one of the reasons that it's different is, and I know some conference speakers, uh, they, have a confer- they have a marriage conference set. You know, they have lessons or messages that they give or they have a book that they've written and they just do that book at every city they go in and it's kind of formulaic. I don't do any conferences like that. And so before this conference, uh, a week or two out, I started building uh, the slide presentations for this conference. It was slide presentations that I've never built before. And so these were all new, and there were over 400 slides. I didn't get the exact number, but there was, I think, over 400 slides in the five unique presentations that I did uh, for them. And so there was a lot of information, but it was different because it was sculpted to this group. It wasn't sculpted for another group. And so it didn't have the feel of being formulaic. It had the feel of being pneumatic of walking in in the spirit and so we were dealing with things that were particular to these group this group and and these marriages and and there was also a lot of laughter which is absolutely critical uh, when I uh, do a conference because we do talk about some very deep and heavy things personal things hard things there's a lot of crying uh, there is a lot of crying there's a, a good bit of guilt 
uh, where people are reflecting on their lives and how they wished. And I do hear this a lot. They say, I wish I'd known these things, you know, 20 years ago. And I, I hear that virtually every conference I go to. And so we try to help them to become good, good sovereignists and, and not to penalize themselves because of whatever mistakes they may or may not have made uh, that I, I don't want them to live in that, in that guilt. And so we, we try to help them through that uh, as well. But my favorite comment of all, it was the last talk that I did on Sunday morning, the second service, and there was an older lady who just couldn't take it anymore, and she got up and left, and she walked out to the foyer. Lucia happened to be out there, and she didn't know Lucia. She was just talking, and she said, I just had to get out of there. I can't take it anymore. That's the most boring speaker I think I've ever heard. <laughs> ever heard. Lucia was laughing. And I don't think that she saw Lucia laughing, but I, I, I believe the lady had some children or definitely had some friends, but I think they were children. <laughs> they knew who Lucia was, and so they made a beeline over there, and they were very apologetic. They were very gracious. They were wonderfully gracious. Uh, but Lucia relieved them and just said, hey, you know, Rick Rick would absolutely love this. Uh, this <laughs> this, will make his, this will make the entire conference for him, and it did. And... and uh, as I've told people, I I wouldn't go across the street to hear myself talk. I mean, I have to listen to these blooming podcasts, and I, I don't enjoy them because I don't enjoy hearing myself talk. And so when this lady said, she, oh, me, she had to get out of there, and uh, he's the most boring speaker she ever heard or ever that was communicated. I, I thought it was hilarious. And, and so anyway, that was my highlight, and uh, God bless her. Uh, so, but there were other people who benefited. Let's just say they benefited a little more than uh, than she apparently did. Now, I don't, I don't, um, I don't give notes to uh, at, at conferences. You know, the fill in the blank and and so forth. I take more of a pneumatological approach uh, to conferences and the notes. And so the conference people get uh, blank sheets, uh, because if they want to take notes, I want them to take their notes and their writing and their thoughts and things that will compel them to look at, uh, the notes that they took afterward, uh, took during the conference, they'll look at it afterwards. And so I don't give them, you know, pre-written, uh, notes, but I do give them a lot of lot of information through the slides that I develop, and and then I zipped up all the slides, and, and again there were over four hundred of them, and gave them to the conference lead, and uh, people. He told me this week as we emailed back and forth, he said people have been asking for them, which is good. And I I did notice that there were a lot of people taking pictures. I mean, a lot of people taking pictures, and they were taking pictures of the screen that was behind me because they had all the notes on it, and they wanted. Uh, they wanted those notes, and so they got pictures of them. But they also got all of the slides as well because they were zipped up, and I left them uh, down there. Now, what I'm planning on doing is that I'm going to – I spoke at the Hope Conference at Calvary Chapel at the same church building in January, and I did three talks then, and I did five talks at this marriage conference. So in the last three months, I've done eight talks at this church. And so I have eight slide presentations. I have eight seminars that are all new. And so what I'm planning on doing is that I'm going to take all eight of them and I'm going to talk them out here in the studio and build eight webinars so that you can get the exact same thing 
kinda, it just won't be live, but you can get the exact same thing that I did uh, in Sarasota. Now I've already, I've done one of those, so I have seven more to go. And so I, uh, if you go to episode 318, this is 319, if you go to episode 318, you can watch that one hour webinar. You can watch my sermon on Sunday in a keynote slide presentation as I talk through it. I came back after the after the conference a couple days later. I sat down here at the microphone and I just went right through uh, all of those slides and built a uh, a nice video so that you can benefit as well. And I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do seven more. And so hopefully I'll get all eight that I've done in the last three months at this church. I'll get them all in webinars so that you can benefit as well. Okay, so this is episode 319, and the title of it is A Key Aspect to a Husband's Leadership is Awareness of Those Who Are Following Him. And so during the Q&A, I asked Lucia uh, the day before, I said, do you want to do the Q&A and you want to get up uh, on stage with me? And some people think that Lucia uh, speaks uh, that that she does what I do. She does it. I don't do what she does, and she doesn't do what I do. Uh, she has a unique gift mix. Uh, she's gifted uniquely. God has given her uh, special talents, and then God has gifted me in a different way. And so we have strengths and weaknesses that come together to make, uh, I think, a, just a wonderful one flesh uh, covenantal union. But we're not the same, and some people would just anticipate that that there's a similarity there that I speak, she speaks. No, 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 no. And there's things that she does that I I don't do, and so speaking is not what she does. And so I asked her. I said, "Do do you want to do this? You're welcome to. I just do it myself. I've done it a zillion times uh, by myself. Uh, but being that it was a marriage conference, you know, it may benefit you know for them to hear the woman's." perspective, the wife's perspective, and, and that intuition was true. They did benefit from her. Of course, I knew that anyway. I mean, everybody benefits from her. And so uh, she was willing, and she doesn't struggle with fear of man. That's just not her thing. Uh, and, and and thank God that she, she has defeated that a long time ago. And so getting up on stage was not a big deal. Uh, her concern was just wanting to be accurate and wanting to serve the people. She she wants to serve the people well, and if there's any anxiety at all, uh, it would be along those lines. But as far as getting up and, and speaking, that's just not, not a thing. And so it did go very well, and several people commented that they really benefited from hearing her perspective. And it's good for me, too, because I like, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I put myself in the audience in those moments, even though I'm sitting right beside her on stage. I mean, I'm listening, and I'm not thinking about the next thing I'm going to say. I'm I'm listening to her, and I'm learning from her as she answers specific questions that are asked of her. And so one of the questions that someone asked her was about following, about humility, about submission, and you know, following your husband, and she does that uh, very well. And so she was talking about that, and, and she's was talking about the joy of submitting and the joy of of following me. And as she was saying that, I was thinking about because I I deal more with counseling stuff. Lucia doesn't do counseling in a formalized way like I have. And so 
I, I'm working with different data points. And when I was listening to her talking, I was very appreciative of what she was saying, and I was benefiting from it. And then I got to thinking that there could be some husbands out there that are hearing that, and it's like, yeah, you just need to submit. Yeah, you just need to to follow, and 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 don't don't stir up, don't buck up. You know, just come on. And then I could hear some women. I mean, they weren't saying that, but in my mind, I could hear women saying, uh, "Okay, well, I don't know about." That seems like there should be more to it. And and so I, when she was finished, I did comment. I said, she's speaking from a wife's perspective. And so now I want to answer the question from a husband's perspective. And that's when I said that leadership from a husband's perspective requires the man to look both ways, not just forging ahead without caring for his wife. You can't lead if you're not looking in both directions. And I did not want a husband, for example, to hear that he could just charge ahead like a wild pony on a hillside that there's no taming whatsoever and there's no concern for whoever uh, he may be yanking along. And so a husband has to be looking in both directions. He's looking forward in the direction that he wants to go and the direction that he wants to lead his family. But part of how he makes those decisions of leading is by looking backward and considering the people who are following him, whether it's his wife or wife and and children. Because without an understanding of your wife, it will be hard to lead her well. And that's why you don't want to pull text out and isolate them from other texts. You want to integrate Scripture and have Scripture speaking to Scripture so that you have a balanced approach. In this case, we're talking about a balanced approach approach to a husband's leadership. And so the husband is the head of the house, and the husband has a responsibility to lead, but he also has a responsibility to understand his wife well, as First Peter 3, 7 says. And so if you're not understanding your wife, how would he know? How would he know how to lead if he did not know her? I mean, just go pick up a stranger on the street and just start leading them along. Could you imagine how complicated that would be because you have no awareness of who this person is and you're just moving them down a a path and you haven't considered this individual at all? Who would want to follow someone who did not care what you thought about where he was leading you? Now, let me give you several illustrations of, of, of this point. For example, Uh, parents should be doing this with their children as they grow older. Now, part of the reason why a parent wants to care about a a child is, is, is because you want to teach the child leadership gifts. And so you want the child to uh, start being part of 
the decision-making process because you want them to grow uh, in their leadership. And so as they get older, you start incorporating them in some of the, some of the decisions. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about them making the decisions or a, a child-centered home or the children leading the home. No, I'm not talking about it at all. I'm just talking about developing them uh, from a leadership perspective. You want to start asking their opinions. I we told our children, you know, when they were younger, that this is not a democracy, this is a dictatorship. And we said that tongue in cheek, but ultimately we did not consider them as far as asking them questions when they were toddlers and, and when they were like, say, under 10, 11, 12 years of age, because they didn't have context, they didn't have life skills, they they didn't know how to do all sorts of things, whether it's driving a car or balancing a checkbook, working a job, paying taxes, so forth and so on. And so there's just not quite, you know, planning a trip, you know, what's involved in planning a, a trip. Well, they wouldn't know what's involved, and so we just don't incorporate them that way. But then as they've gotten older, we begin to ask them, well, what is your perspective on this? And it's according to the child, the child's maturity, the appropriateness of the question that you're asking. But part of why you would do this as a leader is because you want to develop them and their leadership and their specifically their decision-making ability. Another reason that you would do this with a child, that you would consider them, is because you want to train the child in the way that he should go not in the way that you want to go. And so if you are leading a child and you're training a child in the way that he should go, then you have to consider the child. You have to be looking in both directions. And so with all three of our children, that's what I did. I observed them. I have been observing them since the day that they were they were born and just watching them and their strengths, their weaknesses, their tendencies, their inhibitions, and, and the things that make them tick and the things that they gravitate toward. I want to pay attention to them so that I can lead them in the way that they should go. And so just from a parenting perspective, where whether you're developing their leadership skills or you want to lead them in the way that they should go, you have to pay attention to them. Another illustration would be the government leading us but not paying any attention to our desires, our wishes, our expectations. How foolish would that be? The government just said, that's a totalitarian government. That's the government that we don't like. Now, that is a government that doesn't care what we think. They don't care about our well-being. They are just going to lead well in a similar way that uh, if a husband is going to lead well, then he has to care about those people that he is leading. And you would willingly support uh, or, or support support and submit. You would willingly submit to a, a government authority if they cared about you and cared about what you thought and, and, and cared about your preferences, desires, and wishes. But if they did not care, then it would make submitting to them a, a much more complex matter. And so an illustration of children, you pay attention to children for reasons that I have outlined, because you want to grow them in their leadership skills, but you also want to lead them in the way that they should go, so you pay attention to them. Also, illustration is government. Uh, we want a government that cares about us and, and our wishes, and that makes submitting to them uh, much easier. And then another illustration is in the counseling office. In counseling, the counselor is leading the counselee. I mean, that's the job of a counselor. Counsel, counseling is a leadership issue. Counselors are leaders, formalized, formalized biblical counseling. But he can only do this well 
by understanding the counselee. And so here you have it again. You have a leader who is looking in two different directions. The way that he wants to lead this individual, but part of how he determines how he wants to lead this individual is by understanding the individual, in this case, the counselee, what the person needs, where they should go, what is best for them. Without understanding them, you cannot lead them well. It would be wildly inconsiderate not to take the time to understand a counselee but start leading them in the way that you want them to go and you haven't taken the time to understand them. And so this is episode 319. I'm speaking specifically to marriage and it's titled a key aspect to a husband's leadership is awareness of those who are following. Now, if you want to lead well in any leadership context, you as the leader you have to be looking in both directions at the same time. And if you're not looking in both directions, you're going to lead. And there could be some day that you get way out there, you get way down the road and you turn around and those people aren't following, that they have rebelled because you didn't consider them. Now, that's a whole different matter. That's for a whole, whole uh, another podcast. But this came up uh, in the Q&A time at the marriage conference, and I thought I tagged it in my mind, and I said when I, when I get back to Greenville, I, I just want to, I want to talk it out. Uh, part, I wanted, to think, I wanted to think through it myself, and, you know, and Lucia and I have already had a significant conversation about this because I want to examine myself. You know, it's like, oh, I, this is a good point. This is a good pneumatic point. God has given me some light on this, and I haven't quite framed it this way ever before about looking in two different directions at the same time. And so I wanted to ask her, and I did, well, how am I doing? How am I caring for you? How am I understanding you? Am I considering you, or am I an inconsiderate leader? If you want to talk about this or something else, uh, I would love to do that. Just come to our ministry, jump on our forums, and, and we can talk. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.